0: The gloves are about to come off. It is time to drop your Buffs. Drop, you're buff, you're buff, you're buff. <laughs>
1: drop, 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 come on in, drop your Buffs. You are correct, yeah.
0: bring it in,
1: it. Yeah. You are correct, you drop your Buffs. Sorry, Adelaide. Come ready. Drop your Buffs.
2: Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross.
0: And I'm Ricard Foyer.
2: And we're finally here to recap week eight of Australian Survivor, possibly the biggest week yet of Australian Survivor, in my opinion. <laughs> Ricard, <And> we're late. <laughs> yeah, we're very late, Ricard. I, uh, I I made a grave error in okaying your trip to Mexico, but how is it going? You are still in Mexico.
0: I'm still in Mexico. I'm going to continue to be in Mexico for the next five <laughs> days. Which is really difficult because this is such a big week and I have so many like exciting interviews coming up. Obviously one of them with you. I have another one coming up with uh, Shannon Gus. So that's really, really exciting. But I'm going to have to do all of them from this echoing hallway. (laughs)
2: it sounds okay to me right now we'll see how the final episode turns out but hey people should be pleased to be getting anything at all because it's been a real feat to get this done and i really appreciate you working on your vacation Yes. For free, no less.
0: For free, yeah. We just finished (laughs) um, Sister's Wedding. It was beautiful and amazing. And now it is just exhausting, exhausting, hot weather family time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you because it's freezing cold here in Toronto. We're going to start getting back into freezing temperatures for no reason at all, even though it's spring. And I'm mad. (laughs) You're always mad. But forget this side of the world let's go over to Australia where we had episodes 19 and 20 of Australian Survivor and wow we have lost a real legend here I think both of our winner pick um, Sam is out of the game Jordy finally did it and well we'll talk about who did it <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> I don't think a majority. Uh, it's
2: very sad for me. It's very sad for me because Sam played such an exciting game and it was riveting to watch. And I really do think that even though she went out at this point where there's still so many people left, thanks to this purgatory twist where three people re entered the game, I do think she really has cemented her place as a legend of not just Australian survivor, but global survivor. I. I really there are few games that I've been more excited to watch and especially from a returning player like it really reminds me of I don't want to get too hyperbolic here, but it really reminds me of Parvati's journey, honestly, Mm -hmm. where she started in Cook Islands and was really like. I mean, she made it much further than Sam did on Sam's original season, but was really like not even really on the radar. It was a confusing choice to bring back because you were kind of like, oh, wait, who is this? I have to go check. I I don't really remember. And then comes back and just absolutely dominates. So clearly learned mistakes from her first time. And I just feel like Sam did the exact same thing. And I think I commented on her Instagram that to come out of a season and be called the queen in a season where you literally played with Sandra Diaz-Twine is an accomplishment that very, very few could come away with. So very proud of her, but sad to see her go.
0: Yeah, I think what's really, really difficult about Sam going is... Obviously, Sam is our winner pick. We love Sam. We absolutely love and adore Sam and Mark. But I feel like Mark has never had the edit of a winner. That doesn't mean he doesn't have the gameplay as a winner, but he has not been edited as such. And so it kind of feels like a twofold loss here, because if Mark was to win, not with his game, because his game is phenomenal, I mean, the fact that... We, we have this person who's won two immunity challenges back to back, has two hidden immunity idols that can guarantee him down into the final five is unbelievable. And yet he has the edit of someone who's like about to go, you know, his edit mm. does not sh- say end game, but his gameplay itself says end game. So it feels like we're kind of losing the entire duo because I don't see how Mark makes it, as the winner with the edit that we've been shown. Sam had the winner edit. And so if he does win, which please, that's what I want. I want him to win. I, I It would be a very confusing um, edit for me. So it just doesn't seem likely. So I guess we'll see. I, I guess we'll see. But it, it feels like an extra knife to the heart that we're seeing the end of what feels like their story.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like Mark still got quite a way to go. He he does have these two idols in his pocket. He has proven himself to be a bit of a challenge beast, having won his second immunity challenge, I think, this week. And I think he really only needs to get th- through a few more to get into that final. So... He's got a good shot. Uh, I mean, I think we could debate the edit. I I do think he had a pretty strong pre-merge edit uh, in terms of just being set up, having the right relationships, people trusting him. And then post-merge, it feels like the edit has been a lot more subtle around Mark. And yet you still, if you step back and look at where he's sitting in his tribe, it seems, it feels to me. Like he still has the respect of a lot of his tribe members, probably more respect from the jury than Sam had. And we can talk about that and how the jury may have interfered with some votes here. Um, As we talked about in our last episode, that uh, was Jesse reacting to Jordy's story about the idol and giving away Sam's secret, which, you know, we have our own issues with jury interference. Um I think there's a lot to be said there but I do think that based on the reactions we saw if one of the two pair was to get to the final I think probably Mark would have the better chance just based out of his relationships and respect and so
0: yeah and you know what we still have 4 episodes so like it could be a yeah. 4 episode arc ending with the strongest edit and the strongest storytelling that we've seen and that's me assuming there's only four episodes left. I don't really know what twists are going to come or if it's only going to be three episodes. Who knows? But yeah, I guess it, there still is the possibility. It's just hard to see when we still have the Joker in the game, which, God, I can't even stand that I'm giving him his own. Like, I'm going <laughs> along with this stupid nickname. But we have the Joker. Yeah. Anyway, I think we should get into the recap. But yeah. it's just Let's hard. Get into it. It's
2: hard to see Sam go. I hear you. Okay, well, let's get into the episode where she doesn't go and just savor it for who it is. <laughs> Day 37. Uh, episode, uh, yeah, 19, where Shay, Jordy and KJ are all back from purgatory. We're back to nine contestants <laughs> suddenly. It really felt like we took two <laughs> steps forward, eight steps back last week. And so here we are. Uh, the, the majority alliance are dealing with the fallout of them being back. And I think we can see that in that – joker Jordy is he's being a bit of an antagonist around camp and like very openly saying hey you got the three of us out now you got to do it again and they're really having to work to try to flip the script because they still don't have the numbers. The majority line still has the numbers over them. And so what they need to do or what they're banking on is getting Jordan, Josh and Chrissy onto their side. And so we see them work on them a little bit, but I don't know how likely it is that any of them are going to flip at this point. And Jordy and Sam have this interesting conversation as well, where He says he's trying to do this thing again that he's been doing for weeks and weeks of quote-unquote ramping up Sam's paranoia by just straight up telling her that uh, at some point the tribe is going to flip on mark and sam i think sam's smart enough to know that and smart enough to sort of like be thinking about that in advance so i don't know that Jordy's necessarily ramping up her paranoia by telling her that i think that's a foregone conclusion i mean the Mm -hmm. game is survivor and and you know being one of two pairs left at this point obviously someone's going to turn on them at some point i think Sam's already thinking about that
0: Yeah, and it's funny. Jordy is trying really hard to take advantage of this second chance, and he's hyper-focused on Sam. He's telling the audience that Josh is the kingpin, which it just continues to be funny. Josh is clearly a big threat, but it continues to be funny that Josh is seen as this, like, dominating boss at camp. And Mm -hmm. I I still just don't fully see that. So that's a little bit weird. But Jordy also says this stupid quote. Oh, it makes me so annoyed. You don't get second chances in Survivor. That doesn't happen. I was like, literally, have you watched Survivor? (laughs) So many people get second chances. Literally, the person you're talking about, Sam, has a second chance. Mark has a second chance. Sandra, her 19th chance. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just Mm -hmm. bothers me so much. (laughs) Anyway, I'll let that go. But I just feel like yeah. Jordi Jordy wants to say what the audience... He thinks the audience wants to hear. I just get this inauthentic vibe from him. And I, I hate that he's talking like, I have to take advantage of this because I have been given this gift. And he knows how to talk to the audience and create his little story. And it's just really funny to watch.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like... I feel weird about it because I do actually enjoy geordie to some extent it's not that i like really despise him or anything but i do really dislike when players so obviously are playing to the camera and sort of like delivering lines for tv i do find that inauthentic as you say and i don't know what Jordy's like in his real life but i don't think that anybody really talks like this and if they do that's annoying <laughs> so i definitely get the vibe that he's you know being probably heavily coached by producers i mean they're looking for the best confessionals that they can get unfortunately we don't see everybody's confessionals so we don't know that other people are being coached in a similar way or maybe jordy's just the best at taking the feedback and delivering uh and that gets him screen time but I do think like I I do sympathize with his struggle of like being given this opportunity to come back in the game with the adversaries who voted you out still in there and just having to claw your way back from the bottom and I mean, he's doing it, so I can respect that. I still think there's a lot of questionable aspects of his gameplay that don't necessarily sync up with the way that he talks about himself being kind of like a strategic mastermind. I think he's strategic. I don't know that he's a mastermind yet. He might get there. Yeah. Uh, I think as we've talked about in the past, his implementation doesn't necessarily stack up against his talk very well. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, should we go to the reward challenge? Because we've got a very fun one here.
0: Auction! The
2: Survivor Auction! The defunct fan favorite challenge from US Survivor still exists here in Australian Survivor. And it's always so fun to see. And it's just nice that people are given the opportunity to have something to eat and just have a good time. Yeah. (laughs) So we can kind of run through this. Chrissy gets a meat pie. Jordan spends all his cash on a chicken parmy and chips, (laughs) not a a Mexican parm. Mexican parm. Dave gets a burger for $500. You know, this has always been my thing. It's like, okay, of course, there's always advantages in the auction. And we see here, uh, I think Josh and Sam and Mark uh, possibly Geordi um t- sort of like holding out for a potential advantage and that I think is kind of what ruined the auction in US Survivor and they found a clever way here to fix that by hiding the advantage in another reward um mm-hmm. so of yeah. course KJ gets a clue to an advantage which is <laughs> hidden in plain sight back at camp um, sort of like within this this tea set that she wins where she can have a cup of tea. And so I, that, I think that that's a really clever way. Of course, they didn't know that that's what they were going to do here. So they were actually holding out for covered items or the potential of a, a, an obvious uh, advantage. But outside of that, I do think the strategy here, I've always thought, if you see something you like, spend all your money on it immediately.
0: It's yes, like, this is your opportunity, absolutely. you
2: know, D- Dave spending $500 for a burger. I get it. I would do the exact same thing.
0: Like, what are you going to use the rest of the money for now? I know yeah. this is actually silly to say because yeah. some for like one of the first times that I can remember in auction, recent auction history, Shay ends up getting two things. So mm-hmm. that's like wild to me that her leftover earnings or her leftover money actually got her another bid cycle. So that's oh, kind of man. I know like it's silly for us to like then argue why aren't you using all your money? But if you really want something, use all your damn money. Now I do have another pet yeah. peeve and I think it was with Jordan. He ret- no Josh, he retracted his bid, and I yeah. don't think that's fair. I do not like you both bid. You cannot take it back. Because if that's the case, like what I I don't understand how you... Agreed. Like, I I don't even... Honestly, I don't even have the words for this because it just doesn't make sense to me.
2: (laughs) You can't retract a bid on eBay.
0: Absolutely not. (laughs) You can erase your profile, I guess, and (laughs) it could disappear. I
2: know that you've had a lot of experience with eBay in the past few months.
0: To get a torch, yes. I know all the situations.
2: Uh (laughs) Yeah auctions are very triggering for you at this time but yeah I agree you should not be able to retract a bid
0: yeah that really like frustrated me and pissed me off well I mean he ended up getting nothing in the end so it was fine but I just did not like that now KJ getting that clue is also a weird thing to me because how did no one notice her shove something from under the teapot (laughs) it would be one thing if she's like let me have a taste but she didn't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah
2: and how did she i mean it must have been obvious that there was an envelope under the teapot because she just like kind of immediately went for it yeah and it was quite clever but i mean maybe it was like the angling of where jonathan's little podium was and where she was versus yeah it looked five, not visible yeah yeah it was it was wild um Mark got some steak and chips. Uh, He won out in a tie against Jordy where they had to go to Rocks. Shay got some pizza and wine. Poor Sam spent $500 on a covered item, which turned out to be Vegemite toast. Okay, so there's Marmite. Vegemite. There's Marmite and there's Vegemite. I don't know the difference between the two. Vegemite Um, um,
0: has a very strong flavor. Uh, I first learned about Vegemite from the show Rocket Power. It's a cartoon on Nickelodeon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back when I was in middle school, I was like Vegemite. Yeah, at least she got some toast. That's something. That's something. It's something. It's. Jordy got nothing. Five
2: hundred dollars. Something. That's true. True. Fair.
0: Jordy got nothing, and he was a crybaby about it. I I just put in my notes: Jordy, crybaby. (laughs)
2: So, (laughs) Shay, like you said, spends her spare $200 on some letters from home. And she's given the option, the classic dilemma that they give people when it comes to letters from home. You can have your letter or you can give your letter up and let everybody else have their letter. And there's really not a choice here (laughs) where she has to give her letter up and everybody else gets their letters.
0: Now, I'm confused. Now, uh, I... I don't want to discredit anybody's bond with a family member. But it was funny to me that she was even like really having a hard time with just a letter from a parent. If, maybe I'm just weird here. But I was like, there are people that have children. What? This <laughs> like? This isn't even a question. Like, you'll hear from your dad in a week. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I was, I was I mean, being I a little have, judgy. I was being judgy. I have
2: always wondered on reality shows that I'm like, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, maybe I'm a bad son, but like, I feel like there's times I've gone with a month without talking to my parents. Like, yes, it's not the I'm best thing. It's not the best thing, but like, <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, but I mean, I also don't know the mental strain of playing Survivor, especially such a long version of the game in Australia. I don't know what that's like.
0: But she had her boyfriend there just like 20 days ago. I
2: don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. It is blood versus water. Yeah, you're right.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I was just being a little like not judging harshly, but I was like, okay, it's not. Now I would understand if Chrissy gave up letters from her three kids. She has three, right? Her little children. Yeah. To benefit everybody else, you know, I just feel like that's a little deeper, you know. But whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if she has three or like <laughs> five. I feel like she has tons of kids. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> back at camp, everyone's reading their letters from home, and we get this huge moment where Josh opens his letter and out rolls an ultrasound picture where he finds out he's going to be a daddy.
0: Oh, my God. I was crying so. This was like the best TV scene yeah. in the season. Like, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I it, it made me so, so happy for him. It was just like an out-of-game moment. I love Chrissy saying, what a hot dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly it was just with so, it. I feel like so I feel
2: like Josh has been uh, a little bit under-edited. Even though we were hearing lots about how he was the mastermind, we weren't seeing that. And so I kind of like lost track of Josh a little bit. But then... Turned out he was going to be a daddy, and I was like,
0: ooh, daddy, hi. (laughs) Yeah, it was so cute. And actually, I feel like for production, it worked out really, really well for Shay to be the one to give up her letter. Because we got to see Jordy get a letter from his dad, you know, right after losing his stepmom. We got to see that cute moment of, like, it, it was really broke my heart, and I cried again for this piece. When, um... Sam was reading her letter and said, <laughs> and it said that Harry, her son, waits at the door looking for her every day. Yeah. I burst into tears. And then the just like, dad moment. Don't
2: I was like, put that in a letter.
0: Awful. That is awful. bad. But yeah, it was just like they got all the best footage from those letters being read. They got lucky there. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Okay. KJ has an advantage to open. She finds some time to steal away, and her clue tells her that there is an advantage hidden near the well. It's right in plain sight of the well. <laughs> like, OK. So she picks it up, she reads it. It turns out to be the King George Memorial Advantage where, remember, a last season, King George got to do this. I think it their first tribal. Yes, not it was their the first very tribal first, And yet. it
0: was like six, yeah, because it was when Phil was voted out first.
2: Yes. And so essentially this advantage allows KJ to choose three people to send back to camp from tribal council where they cannot be voted for, but they also cannot vote. So it there's a lot of options here, I think, or there's kind of like two options that KJ can go for. But I feel like there's a lot to weigh and either one of them could go wrong or could be really, really great for her. I mean, obviously she chose well, uh, but... I feel like this would really rattle me up until the next tribal.
0: Yeah, and I i I mean, not to jump ahead, but KJ, I truly believe, makes the best use of this advantage she could have ever done. Like, I I think it was the... It was something that honestly hadn't even really crossed my mind, which I feel embarrassed to say that, but I'm just so... (laughs) I, I had um, King George in mind of just, you know, mm-hmm. save yourself, save your friends.
2: Protection.
0: Yeah. I, I hadn't really thought about the, you know, the other route of get rid of the other people and stay here. Put myself in jeopardy. I'm still possibly somebody who could go home, even though that's very unlikely, and use the group that's remaining to my benefit. Like, tr- I mean, just really, really great idea. Now, I still think it could have had a similar effect you know, with, if she actually, no, with Juicy Dave, they would have gotten rid of Dave. Okay, I'm jumping ahead. I'm getting way too excited. But I I think she did a great, great job.
2: Yeah, no, I think she she made the right move. It was brilliant. You had to anticipate what might happen. You had to anticipate making an argument to Dave in that moment and him sort of like, Trusting you and siding with you and that that would even carry on beyond that one tribal council. Like there was a lot at play there. And I think KJ really played it excellently.
0: Yeah. Good job, KJ.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, but before that, let's go to the immunity challenge. Uh, we can go through this quite quickly because they're going through an obstacle course to collect puzzle pieces. And then they're playing the Michelle Fitzgerald Memorial Challenge
0: yes. where, puzzle. Where uh, <laughs>
2: This is the puzzle that Michelle completed successfully both in her original season, Ko, Wrong, and also in Winners at War, which she famously kicks down the puzzle after she completes it both times. Unfortunately, Daddy Josh didn't get the memo on that and he did not kick down the puzzle, but he Listen. did slow through it and he really did it well.
0: <laughs> I, the fact that they did not kick down that puzzle,
2: he is not
0: a Survivor fan.
2: No. Survivor fan card revoked, if he
0: even had one. That was so disappointing. <laughs> but yes, I'm still very proud of him for winning. I love that he was able to stay steady and continue the tradition of airline crew being successful at puzzles. <laughs> Good job, Joshi Poo. Please. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, one other thing I want to say from this immunity challenge. Wow. Mark <laughs> looks so hot.
0: I, li- yes. Yes he did. Yes he did. <laughs> and I
2: literally wrote this in my notes just to be like lol Mark looks hot. Like at going under like there was a part where they had to like like uh what is that called? When you're just like sort of pulling yourself under a net whatever, crawling. <laughs> when you're crawling. I mean under crawling. <laughs> he's crawling under the net and then he's running to the grappling hook and I was like oof Mark Ooh. I was like, okay, I was like, I'm just, I'm just, whatever. I'm just lusting after Mark right now. But after the episode, I got DMs from people being like, Mark looks so hot in that challenge. (laughs) So it wasn't just me. This is
0: an objective fact here. So I I thought I have to
2: put this on the record.
0: It's on the record, Mark. You looked fine. (laughs) So fine. While well, simultaneously, <laughs> Sam was looking a mess at that grappling hook girl. Oh, it was rough.
2: It was rough. It was like, Sammy Sam, girl. Yeah, because Sam has been studying Survivor, you know, preparing for her second chance. I feel like this is one of those puzzles. I mean, this is one of those puzzles you can buy online. You know, there's that Etsy store that sells puzzles. I think they sent you stuff, didn't they, Ricard? Yeah. They make replicas of survivor puzzles. And this is one that you can buy. And I've seriously considered buying this one because it looks so hard, but also so fun. And it's got this, you know, like iconic Michelle Fitzgerald connection. And I'm just like, if I was going on survivor, I would first of all, buy every puzzle in that store. And second of all, I would be practicing the fuck out of this one because it doesn't come around often, but if it came around and you were able to do it, wow you could really kick ass. And I just feel like, I'm not saying that like Sam bought the puzzle and practiced it, but I feel like Sam could probably kill this puzzle. Just just a feeling I have. Yes. But the fact that she could not hook the puzzle pieces... It was rough. It was rough to watch. And you know, sometimes you think it's the editing and that they're like showing somebody still struggling while other people are pulling ahead. But because of the setup of the challenge, you literally could see Josh completing the puzzle the entire time Sam is in the background just chucking her hook. It It was rough. It was rough.
0: It was so funny.
2: We can't be good at everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay so Josh has immunity we have some strategy to get to Sam wants Jordy gone again because she doesn't want him campaigning against her with this story about how she stole Jesse's idol and now the couple has two idols she I I feel like she knows like I've been saying that The more he continues to stick to this story, I think the more believable it becomes. Because if he was lying, I think it would be really hard to keep this up day after day after day, trying to convince people, especially after they've told you, we just don't believe you. But if he's playing like they have two idols, it becomes a lot more convincing. And for that to stick around... As long as it has, I can totally understand why Sam wants Jordy out, as opposed to maybe targeting someone who might be easier to convince people to vote out, like a KJ or a Shay.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Now, like in while this plan is going on, and the fact that Jordy has some numbers with him with Juicy Dave being so wishy-washy and you know he has his uh come back to the game alliance whatever you call them um it's it's really brave and smart for them to discuss the fact that we are not using these idols and not only are not we not using mm-hmm. them we're leaving these assholes at camp like that is mm-hmm. it, it took away a lot of my stress as a viewer of, oh, God, whose bag are they in? What if that person leaves? When can you give it to the other person? The fact that they're just at camp, they belong to you both, nothing will change that, was so brave and smart and exactly what we talked about, sacrificing one of yourselves, possibly. Mm-hmm for the other one to succeed and them having both idols and like glad we called it out and glad to see it coming for trying to come to fruition. Um, Yeah. Yeah, That's really all I have to say about that, but it was great. Totally
2: mind blowing to me. Yeah. That, that we like, we called this out weeks ago as, and it was just a random thought that occurred to me in the moment that I was like, I asked you, when do you, when do you as a couple say, look, only one of us, has a better chance that like this is a target being together this is a target people know we have one idol if they find out we have two that's even worse and at what point do one of us sacrifice ourselves and go home to take some of the pressure off being a power couple and having these idols and like that they're already th- they're thinking about this already and it was so cool to see that because yeah. i'm not sure that everybody's playing at that level they're um, not we see okay.
0: <laughs> i'll tell you yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> They're not. Okay.
2: We do see the Purgatory Alliance try to convince Jordan and Josh to turn on Sam and Mark. They want to split the votes. Uh, Jordy's plans to split the votes between Sam, so four votes on Sam, four votes on Jordy. Again, he's willing to risk his game on this, and then one vote on either KJ or Shay. And the worst case scenario, of course, would be that Sam would play her idol and Jordy would go home. And the best case is a revote where they can safely take Sam out and send her home with an idol if she's got it on her. And that's Jordy's plan. But we see Josh and Jordan talk about this and they're kind of like weighing the pros and cons. And Josh still doesn't believe that Sam has this fabled idol that Jordy continues to talk about, which just tells me that Sam and Mark are playing that so well. And Josh and Jordan. Also recognize that although Sam and Mark are dangerous, they know that Jordy's a huge challenge threat, but also a huge jury threat if he gets to the end. So interesting to see them sort of grapple with this and and try to to determine who they need to move forward with, and at what point is it right to turn on Sam and Mark? At what point do we need to get Jordy out? It's a very fine line I feel like for Josh and Jordan here.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Also, as you say, we see this fascinating conversation with Sam and Mark where they talk about not wanting to reveal the second idol, having to be very, very careful about when and how they play it, because as soon as it comes out, it vindicates Geordi. It confirms to everybody that his story was true all along and that Sam and Mark have been deceiving everyone. And I think there's a right time to do it. And that window is very, very, very small because at this point, there are way too many people left in the game for that story to come out I think that's got to be like a very end game thing possibly like you might not want to pull that idol out until the last chance to play an idol it's what I would think uh, because anything before that really gives people the opportunity to turn on you
0: The the fact I know there's been so much discomfort with this second idol talk and it's been such a target on Sam's back and it's been so it's been so controversial but if it's able to either just get Mark one step further, as we'll see since Sam leaves the game, or get out a big player because of the uncertainty of it even existing and it being used to blindside someone, then all of that discomfort was worth it in the end. All of it. And so Mm -hmm. I'm so glad they haven't just been like, oh, you caught me, okay, I tried to get, no, they stuck to their fucking guns and they've made it happen and it must have been very uncomfortable. It must have really sucked, but it's all worth it in the end, potentially. Yeah. There's
2: also, before we go to tribal, there's one more thing I want to point out, which is this fascinating conversation between KJ, Shay, and Sam, where KJ and Shay pull Sam aside, and Sam tells them that the majority is voting for Jordy, and she kind of makes a pitch to them, which is that there's always an opportunity to play together if they follow the majority. You know, they can, they can just... Vote along with the rest of them. Jordy's going home, no questions asked, and it opens the door to potentially working together in the future. And I think this is really interesting because we've seen Sam leave her options open. Although she's gone kind of the safe route, post-merge with this majority alliance, I think she's starting to realize there's going to be a problem here, especially with Jordan and Josh being a couple who could potentially turn on Mark and Sam or whoever's remaining of the Mark and Sam uh, duo that at some point, that's going to fracture and KJ and Shay could be decent allies. I mean, yes, they're tied to Geordie, but I feel like that's purely based on the purgatory twist and sort of being out of the majority alliance. But remember, KJ was in the majority alliance at one point. So, yeah. you know, they had they do have a history of working together. And I feel like I mean, especially after some of the things that have happened in the past week that there's going to be an opportunity for KJ and Shay to mix things up in a big way. They're in some ways free agents once the numbers get to the right place.
0: Yeah. And like, it's not to just go a stereotypical or tacky route, but there's also the option for a women's alliance with Chrissy, Shay, KJ, Mm Sam. And it's like, do you, I think that would be a pretty easy pitch for Chrissy or for KJ and Shay of, like, do we want one of the cousins to win? Do we want frickin' Jordy to win? Like, do we want Dave to win? No. Like, one of us needs to win this damn game. Look how hard this season is. We've outlasted all of our male counterparts. Let's make this frickin' happen. And I I think there is something to be said about that. And it's a bummer it didn't come to fruition, but... I love that Sam really seems to be keeping her options open, especially because she is in the mindset of, I am willing to jeopardize or give up my loved one to make it further. And so it it wouldn't be an empty promise of, oh, let's do a girl's thing and then actually turn on them to keep Mark in the game necessarily. She really could have committed to something outside of this majority alliance that she's been tied to, which has just been pretty shitty for her.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Plus, you truly just never know what's going to happen. And I think we heard people remark on the fact that there was no advantage at the auction and speculate that, well, maybe somebody did get one and we didn't see it. So knowing that there could be something floating out there, I think it pays to go and talk to people and leave your options open. And of course, she had no idea what KJ had in her pocket. But I mean, the way things shake out here at Tribal, much of it, I think, has to do with Sam's acting. Uh, her Oscar-winning performance there at <laughs> Tribal. But, I mean, maybe there's some aspect of that, of KJ keeping her options open because Sam opened the door to her. Uh, I don't know that KJ would have felt that comfortable with Jordan. Hard to say, but this no, is the conversation also, we saw. I, so,
0: Sorry I interrupted. Um, I also was thinking of the fact that Sam had made a pitch... Before Tribal, that she was keeping her options open to KJ and Sam. I think that really was able to um, kind of help her, her acting situation at Tribal by not just doing this BS show-off thing of, I have an idol, do you want to do something? And it coming off super inauthentic. Obviously, they did not choose to do something with Sam. But it didn't come off as inauthentic because she had already put it out there before knowing anything about this advantage, which I think is showing that Sam, keeping her options open, constantly putting in the effort, talking to people, even Jordy at times, it shows that she is kick-ass at this game. And... It just kind of adds something to... I said something a very long time ago about a different season of when the best time to create relationships, in my opinion, is, is when you were in a place of safety talking to another person who has safety. Because it's showing that you want to make relationships and you're not forcing yourself to because they have power. You know what I'm saying? And Yes. And so for her to you know, sorry, there's a lot of noise going on for her to put herself out there when apparently everybody knows about her two idols, talk to KJ when she didn't really have to, and then act tribal, once again, try to make an attempt at talking to her. It just shows like I've consistently been willing to try and work with you. And I think that just adds to um Sam's game. I really, I just do. Yeah. Ricard, see, I, You didn't, you didn't have to
2: say 41, but I knew as you were talking, this really reminds me of where you talked about talking to Erica after she came back from exile at the merge when you both were safe, and you had no reason to try to build a relationship with her. It was it was forward planning where neither of you were in trouble, neither of you were scrambling. And that was a great time to share information that you didn't have to share. And I think that this is very much a similar situation where Sam doesn't have to reach out to KJ at this point. As far as Sam knows, Jordy's going home, the majority are all voting together, and that would have happened if not for KJ's advantage. And so just extending that olive branch to somebody who's already been voted out, you've already voted out, sent to purgatory, they've come back. Sam doesn't have to talk to her, but she does, and I think that that's admirable and shows kind of a very forward-thinking way of playing this game that we've seen Sam already uh, been implementing.:
0: Yeah, totally.
2: OK. let's go to a tribal where KJ is spilling tea upon a minute, and <laughs> she <laughs> read the tea
0: leaves girl. She read those yeah. tea leaves. So this cocky. is the only one she the only one she <laughs> didn't use was spilling tea. I know it. She used so many like, you know, my mother. Oh, I was like, okay, this is a lot of tea.
2: (laughs) So she reveals her advantage. She sends Chrissy, Mark, and Josh back to camp. This would have been three votes against Shorty. And as Jonathan calls it, this is the majority of the majority. And so on the way out... Mark asks Sam if she has an idol on her. She says she does not because, of course, we saw this conversation that they're leaving two idols back at camp in case one of them goes home. Yes. So I was confused in the moment because I thought, oh, Mark, sneaky Mark, he brought an idol with him. Uh, so Sam says she doesn't have one. Mark hands her something from his bag on the way out. We don't know what it is. And Sam is hanging on to it for dear life, I felt like <laughs> – I felt like I was a little wise to the fact that something was up because of the way Sam was hanging on to this thing. Mm -hmm. And even like when she went to vote, she's like got her hand under her jacket and like (laughs) sneaking it up to the confessional. Yeah, And I just was like, something's up here, but obviously it worked because I I mean, I think she could pass it off as being rattled and sort of like not potentially burning Mark's, you know, only idol that he has in the game, as far as everybody else knows. So I, I thought it was really interesting how she played this. Um, but KJ says that if if she had sent the three Purgatory returnees back, she thinks that Juicy would have been sent home. Basically, calling out the fact that Juicy is on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the majority of alliance. And then we get Sam sort of like kicking off a little bit of a live tribal where she gets up and she tells individually KJ, Jordy, and Shay each that she has Mark's idol. And she's asking if they want to make a play. Jordy then like all of a sudden goes, she just admitted she has the idol and just says, no, I have, I said, I have Mark's idol. No, you didn't. You said you have the idol, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like getting a little messy. And uh, it's just, I was a little surprised to see Sam, get up like that but I i guess what she was doing was kind of saying we can either vote out Juicy or Jordan and I'm happy to use my idol to help you three make that happen
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so it was an interesting play I, I don't know I mean obviously it was successful enough she bluffed that she had this idol on her when if it turned out that she had nothing uh, because they do vote, and Sam votes for Jordy. Jordan votes for Jordy. But the Purgatory 3 plus Juicy
0: Dave vote for Jordan. I think the only reason she made up I don't think she ever knew, like, they were never going to make a play with her. The intention of that was, I have the idol, girls, and I'm using the idol. The end. Don't vote for me. I have an idol. You're going to mm-hmm. waste it. I have the idol. <laughs> like I think it was just a way to ensure that they did not do it. I really don't think there was any gameplay involved because I I I don't think there was a possibility for something to happen with Jordy at that time. But to ensure that Jordy really heard her words, I think that was the main intention there. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? I
2: mean, yeah, tricky to say. I mean, going to I was surprised that she went to Jordy and said, "I have the idol," because Which is I could why see I going to way. KJ and going to Shay. And going to Jordan and going to Juicy and saying like, look, I've got my adult, play it for myself. They're going to vote for me. Let's vote for Jordy. Like she could have done that. But I mean, maybe it was just too clear that they weren't going to do that at that point. They had used an advantage to gain the majority at Tribal. They're not going to squander that by voting for one of their their core allies here, the Purgatory Three. So yeah, I guess you're right. You're probably right. Uh, But what's so fascinating here is that you know Jordan's voted out, um, but in that process, Sam pulls out her bag, empties it, or turns it inside out, and is like, "I didn't have an idol."
0: No, I did. She have to do that? No, I was actually pretty (laughs) confused by that because it would been it wasn't really a necessary thing unless she was saying, "I have my idol," you know. And using her fake, or her second idol, as the reason to not vote her out, and then being like, "LOL, I actually never had that fake idol. Jordy has been lying to you this whole time. There's no idol." But the fact that she was referencing Mark's idol, which is real wow. and everyone knows about it, there was actually no reason for this. Like, I, yeah. I see, I see why she did it, but it was that wasn't necessary for this idol. I
2: feel like she was caught up in the moment. I feel like it was the heat of the moment that she was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that worked. I can't believe Jordan got sent home. I have so much damage control to do back at camp. Like, I just can't believe this entire situation and that I've been acting that I have an idol and just like, let me get this off my chest. I don't have an idol. But I don't,
0: it just wasn't thought out. It wasn't thought out. I know, especially after Mark also, (laughs) like Mark also made a scene- Saying, like, here's the idol. Not that everybody heard it, but he also was a part of this acting ruse. And I think it just made it a little bit more difficult to navigate. Um, Yeah. What were you saying?
2: Well, I was going to say that I do think that in some way she may have thought, look, I didn't have an idol this whole time. And if she wasn't holding on to an idol and Mark didn't actually give her an idol, then do they really have two idols? Yeah. You know what Maybe. I mean? Like people might think if she didn't actually have an idol on her and Mark didn't have one to give her, what are the chances they're actually hoarding two idols? It would yeah. seem highly unlikely to me if I were somebody, if I were, say, Juicy Dave uh, yeah. or KJ or Shay, somebody that Sam might want to work with.
0: That's just using a lot of brain power for hungry people. True. <laughs> I, don't, true, 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 true. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: So, Jordan is sent to the jury villa, but boy, his work is not done this week.
0: No,
1: it
2: ain't. Okay, let's go into episode 20, the very sad episode where we're going to finally lose Sam. And the players return from tribal and Josh is fuming when he finds out that Jordan has been taken out in this bizarre twist and he wants dave to pay for flipping there's some really uncomfortable scenes here where it feels like the majority alliances particularly josh and mark are just laying into dave and mark is like there's gonna be consequences there's gonna be consequences and i think josh is even calling dave judas and they're talking about the kiss (laughs) of death and Ooh, it's getting so personal here. <laughs> and
0: But Dave I've got to say Juicy Dave is also a sassy little beast. Uh-huh. Like he is like, "Oh yeah." Like he has plenty to say. Oh yeah, he's holding no. his
2: own. He's holding his <laughs> own and he's saying, "Yeah, there are going to be consequences, Mark. You and Sam are the only couple left, so watch out."
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's you know got what? Four made it, I cannot believe that's the name of that episode, like, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like they've made it 40 days, this is the game and you're the one of the last two duos and I'm not going to say that you can't feel emotional, everybody feels hurt, even if they have done the same thing to people previous to them. But literally, you've done this for 40 days, taking out loved one after loved one after loved one. you got to be able to suck it up a little bit, Josh. You have to be able to accept that this is the game. This is what happens. And you both, as a duo, made it very, very far. Like, I I, I just mm-hmm. don't understand it getting personal at mm-hmm. that time. That That's mm-hmm. what's frustrating to me. Um, however, I do want to give a little shout-out to Mark and Sam. Um, I'm sure somebody can correct me if... I'm wrong, but I highly doubt I am. Mark and Sam officially made it longer than any pair in the history of Survivor, period. In any oh. Blood versus Water season, in any franchise in the world, they have done it. So You're right, day 40. They you have. You must be right, yeah. That's right. So, Mark, that is a huge feat. And I understand, like, maybe when you're comparing it, like, if you were to do the... I don't, honestly my terms in English are so bad median range I don't even know if it's the like how far an American Survivor when there's a 39 day franchise versus you know whatever because we do have the mother daughter duo in San Juan del Sur so like percentage wise I don't know but day wise Mark and Sam mm-hmm. can't be beat so mm-hmm. congratulations you two
2: that's a good one good little trivia tidbit there
0: I'll tell Survivor Wiki to put it in their notes. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, Zach. Okay.
2: <laughs> so I feel like we have a really interesting dynamic here because we have basically two equal alliances at this point, uh, you know, straight after this tribal, where the numbers are basically 4-4 and Sam and Mark have two idols to use. And what could go wrong? <laughs>
0: Everything. Everything. <laughs> everything could go wrong <laughs> yeah. so yeah we
2: wake up on day 40 it's the morning after the night before uh we have Jordy rehashing the previous night's tribal council and this really rubs me the wrong way because he is low-key taking credit for KJ's move he's not explicitly saying that but just I think by nature of the fact that he's the one getting the confessionals and we're not really getting an opportunity to hear a whole lot from kj about the decision that she made and really like baking it up as her own move we're hearing it from geordie where he says full credit to kj finally i got her out of her shell like i'm sorry yeah. but you didn't know this advantage existed geordie like we are not going to be taking credit for a woman's move not today
0: Yeah, but unfortunately, this happens in every franchise, and every season. The men just think, look what I've done to embolden this woman to make a move. It's so obnoxious. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it because this is
2: such a big moment for KJ, who really hasn't been given a lot of big moments despite playing like quite an impressive game where she's been voted out twice and she's still in this game. And it's just frustrating beyond belief that she has this really brilliant execution of this advantage that is very forward thinking and not necessarily what everybody else would do using this advantage. And then we get Jordy talking about how great it is that he finally got her out of her shell.
0: KJ deserves so many props throughout this entire season. I mean, she's been put in a bad situation multiple times. But, I mean, when you really break it down... None of it was the fault of hers. It was protecting her loved one. It was protecting her sister. It was navigating, but also, you know, turning against her sister and accepting what is to further her game. And unfortunately, it just put her on the outs, but she has navigated the game very well. She has not been at a high alert threat level, but is a threat in the game. But they just vote her out for convenience or, you know, what they consider to be easy in that moment. But her mm-hmm. actual gameplay, she deserves so much better. And KJ, I know you're listening, girl. You are kicking ass in this game. I'm so proud of you. And you really deserve a better edit. You truly, truly do.
2: I think KJ could go final three.
0: I, I'm saying it now. I see I really it. think she could I be final it. three.
2: And I think there's going to be a final three instead of a final two this year on Australian Survivor, as many have predicted with the... Uh, change in days and certainly the bringing back three people from purgatory this late in the game especially Mm -hmm. given nina's exit for medical reasons and i think uh, if you put all of this together i think we're lined up for a final three i could be wrong but i think we're lined up for a final three
0: okay so if there is a final three are we going to go straight into american survivor land where um, we do a fire-making challenge for Final Three? Or are we going to go a little more old school where you just get to like choose who goes along? And I then you certainly
2: hope we're not going the fire-making
0: route. Because, I mean, that would be... I mean, obviously, it's not a twist that Americans love. But it would be, for the Australian franchise, a big twist in the future to never know when it's coming. So it would make sense not to have it initially because then, you know, it takes away from a potential thing. I mean, even mm-hmm. this Blood vs. Water, they're like, this new thing that's never been done in Australian Survivor. It's like, girl, we did this like 15 years ago in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't
2: know. I mean, I don't even want to see a Final Three. I appreciate that they want to do it, they seem hell bent on doing it. It does make it a little bit more interesting to keep the players on their toes, but I don't know. I just, I really don't need to go down the route of a fire making challenge because we've seen the, these votes like where we get down to the final three and and you get that classic decision of who am I taking with me and that's just such riveting television I find it so much more riveting than uh than you know the convoluted way that you get to the final tribal council in the American seasons. so I hope and and it's something that I've really fallen in love with about Australian Survivor is that they do the classic Final Two. There's no fire making at any point. And it's just like, I would love, love, love to have that kept intact because I just think it creates such great drama in the end.
0: I've never understood, uh, first of all, I've never understood a Final Three. But even if I loved Final Three, I've never understood when. The entire American franchise is throwing in twist after twist and turn and just to leave you throughout the main portion of the game, never knowing what's coming next and to plan accordingly for like shit storms happening that you don't know to expect. I've never understood the very end of the game being so consistent. It's Mm -hmm. like, why not keep the main portion of the game consistent and never know if you're going to have two or three, if they bounced back and forth or did like two seasons a row of final three, and then one random one of that would be so much more riveting and so much more stressful because you would have to plan, you really would have to plan for anything. Yeah. And so I've never, I've never understood the allure of a twist in the first like five episodes that don't give a fuck. But then not at the end, there being a bigger twist of, is it two or three? And you should be positioned in a place to make it to either one. Yeah.
2: And that's why I'm okay. I'm very okay with a final three this season, because it'll be the first time in Australian Survivor. And I think that that's kind of interesting. But I don't need it to be consistent for all of the coming seasons, because I like the idea of expecting the unexpected. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. Let's get back to camp here where Sam is talking about her acting chops because she has a double degree in law and performing (coughs) arts and she is giving Karen from Survivor Palau, very good actress, very good actress. (laughs) I'm
1: a very good actress. Very, very good.
2: (laughs) Uh, talking about her performance at Tribal Council with the fake idol and then revealing that there was no idol to begin with. And I thought that that was a really cute moment for Sam. Uh, But she is a little concerned that Josh will be pissed about her idol bluff being the reason potentially that Jordan got sent home. And uh, she said she needs her four to stick together in order to finally get Jordy out. It's quite interesting because Jordy, I believe it's Jordy, makes kind of a throwaway comment that suggests that Jordan was always going to be the target in that situation because they would have planned for Sam potentially playing her idol. That's not quite the story we got told, but this comment from Jordy kind of like made me think that, oh, Sam was never going to cop votes in that last tribal, no matter what, because they were targeting... Uh, a move that would flush her idol, not necessarily send Jordy home in the process. If Sam didn't play the idol and got sent home, or sorry, if if Sam did play the idol, Jordy of course, would have went home. So that's not- I don't buy uh, it.
0: I think think the fact that he realizes she's taking ownership of her acting, she wants to take that away from her.
2: Mm. I just think, why would anybody risk their game on flushing an idol? Like the point of- like the way you flush an idol is to convince someone to play it incorrectly, not yeah. so that they can play it correctly and then you go home. Like, what did that accomplish?
0: I know, but we've been consi- like, I agree with you, and we've been consistently seeing Jordy do this confusing gameplay of like, Put votes on me, Mm -hmm. saying it to his alliance to put votes on him or, you know, that they will be putting votes on him and accepting that if they don't play well enough as a team, as an alliance, then he will be the one going home. So to then backpedal and say, oh, I would have never gone home because we were always going to put votes on Jordan. That doesn't actually add up to the literal footage we see of you acknowledging it in front of everyone that you would be the one going home. I Mm -hmm. call bullshit on that. But okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you.
2: Okay, there's one more very interesting conversation that happens before the immunity challenge, and that's that Chrissy and Josh uh-huh. have a conversation about Mark and Sam potentially having two idols. I think we've seen peppered into the last few episodes quite a few references that suggest that Chrissy is starting to buy the idol story. And I can see why, because it is a convincing story. And yes, I think Chrissy just sees that in order to keep this up, there has to be some truth to it. And so she's starting to get concerned and she thinks that it might be time to flush Sam's idol, whether that is the idol that she got from Jesse or Mark's original idol. I think uh, she's right in this plan. And Josh says, well, okay, well, what if we tell Mark that he needs to play as idol for Sam, but we actually target Jordy?" But Chrissy has this moment where she's like i don't know i think it might be time to properly strike at them and i think like yeah this is so exciting to see from chrissy because i didn't expect it i didn't expect that she would ever come for sam because her game has been so heavily based on loyalty to her allies that i was like i am so thrilled that she is doing some forward thinking here And ready to make the move because it tells me that she's really grown in this game. I mean, episode one, she didn't know what tribal council was. (laughs) And here she is now plotting, taking out one of her closest allies. I love that.
0: You know, I, I saw this coming in some way. I didn't know if it would be directed at Sam, but I knew that she had the ability to come for one of her people with these, you know, random conversations we see of her talking about getting out Khan. You know, like the way she would interact with just like chatting about the potential of Khan leaving because Khan had an idol. Mm-hmm. And so I saw little glimmers. Um, it doesn't mean it solidifies her turning on someone, especially the more time she spends with people, the closer and deeper she gets in relationships. But I, I knew she had the potential to do what's best for her game and i loved her quote that really has nothing to do with if there are two idols or one idol but just her realizing and like kind of smacking her head in her confessional of i'm protecting the last double with an idol what's wrong with me like i love that whether it's one idol or two she realizes why am i doing this in the first place yeah. Now it's even riskier with two, but like, what the fuck am I doing, Chrissy? Like, do I want to win this game? Like, well, do I want all of this time to be for no reason? Um, so I'm really, really glad that she did that. Or, Chrissy like, it's winner edit about this.
2: incoming. Like, here it comes. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's go to the immunity challenge where they're playing a really fun challenge that almost to me felt impossible, uh, where they are rolling <laughs> a ball up an incline and they're setting up dominoes one by one before the ball rolls back down to knock them down. So it's really a test of mental strength, but also endurance and speed and agility and precision, I feel like it's testing a little bit of everything. And I love it because anybody should be able to complete this challenge. I think it's like pretty, uh, fairly distributed in terms of athletic ability, but it's like, how hard can you focus on this after 40 days of not having any food? And I just found it so fascinating and literally watching it. I thought at multiple points, this is impossible. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah there's something that always frustrates me about challenges when the viewer the audience isn't privy to all the rules of the challenge because I mean I think we're all bright enough to be able to use context clues to figure out that they can only take one piece at a time to the initial pedestal to stack mm. them all up but we're not made like we aren't told this explicitly so I'm confused of are you choosing to put one piece up at a time is there a rule that you can grab two, but they both have to be standing? Like, what what are the rules here? Because I'm confused why people are doing one piece at a time. On top of that, I'm just kind of confused about this. I
2: feel like you can take as many as you want, but you only have time to take one. I don't know. Or it's but like I never saw
0: anyone take more than one. Mm-hmm. And if I did take just one, or if I took two. Because I was allowed to, I would at least take two, put one standing and leave the other one just laying there. I, like, I just want to know yeah. the rules. That's, that's my only issue with it.
2: Yeah, I did find there is a rule that confused me, which is that if you knock down your dominoes, you can just reset them on the spot. It's not like you have to go back to the beginning,
1: which oh. I think is the only
2: thing that makes this challenge actually completable. So I get yeah. it. But I was definitely confused that as soon as your dominoes get knocked down, it's like you throw the ball back up and you've got time to reset all of those ones at the start. You're not starting Mm, back from square one.
0: I thought they had to roll the ball and like still like have the ball on the pedestal going up while restacking. Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. But okay, I'm, okay. I mean that they can restack
2: on the spot. Like they can throw the ball up and they can restack like 10 if they have the time. Oh, to yeah. Do that.
0: No, I understand. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
2: But truly, like, I don't think there's another way of completing this challenge if they didn't let them do that.
0: Yeah. I do. I love this challenge, though. I feel like, what do you think you would do? I, I, I think I would just slowly, even if my ball gave me enough time rolling back down to two, two, I would just do one at a time and take my time.
2: Well, yeah, you have to take your time, but you also have to move so fast that at least, you know, the farther down the line you get, the less time you have to get back to catch your ball. And I'll tell you what I would do. I would do what Shay did, which was not even get up, be able to get the ball up the, the incline in time. <laughs> but that's what I would do realistically. I couldn't do it. I could not do this challenge, 100%. I know that well- I can't do this. <laughs>
0: I would start at the end. I would put the last piece on first. And I've now never... that I
2: wonder if I wonder if that's a rule because they all start at the beginning, and
0: I don't know that you can start at the end. I don't know. I'm like I see. This is why I want to know the damn rules because I want to know if people are thinking outside the box or if they thought outside the box and were told, "Oh no, no, we've already thought about that. You can't do that." Because me exhausted me. I would want to do the furthest pieces first. Yeah, when I, I get the most that. energy.
2: I get that. I think that that, but, but that kind of breaks the challenge because if the ball rolls down, then you have so much time to catch it before it knocks them down. I think you have to start at the beginning because then what are the consequences of the ball falling down?
0: I know, but like breaking, that's what I love about new challenges in a franchise, the potential to break the challenge until they correct you. I mean, think about all those seasons where we have people with two platforms up in the air and they're like taking steps. You know what I'm talking about? I I don't know what the challenge is called, but instead they just have one person stand on the platform while everybody's in the water and just carry them. Yeah, when and James carried
2: Parvati across in uh yes! I believe.
0: Yes, yeah. I, I love that kind of shit. And so I'm just curious, did they already pre-plan for this? Or is, are people too exhausted to think about something that might be easier? Not even saying that this will be easier, but there's less potential for a, a ball to roll and knock all your shit down.
2: Yeah, and the, here's where I'm going to be revealed as not a great survivor historian here because I think... I might be wrong, but I have heard, I think, that this challenge has been done before.
0: Uh, Well, even so, I, you know what, I would be the difficult asshole, kind (laughs) of like a George, King George. He's always, like, talking about the the contract and what he is and is not allowed to do, even though we didn't see it on camera, in Brains vs. Brawn. Of like, well, I mean, if the spacing is up to me on how much I space the dominoes, I would put the first domino down at the beginning, and then I would very awkwardly space starting at the end. <laughs> like, mm. I would do, find sub-technicality yeah, to what make you're this saying. shit happen. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, no one says you can't space them out by the span of like 25 dominoes.
0: Exactly. So when I'm on Australian Survivor, keep this in mind. I will be doing this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay.
0: I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm ready to do it. <laughs> okay. okay,
2: Putting it out there. Okay. Juicy and Mark are really killing the challenge, but Mark ends up pulling ahead and wins immunity for the second time. Uh, King Mark. Great. Love that for oh, him. Love it. And exciting that you, you know, at this point you're like, oh my God, Mark has immunity. They have two immunity idols. Mark and Sam are safe for another round.
0: (laughs) Yes. You would (laughs) think
2: not to be so. So Sam and Mark want to take Geordie out because they believe that if he leaves, then the suspicion around this second idol will dissipate. And the old majority feel like if they could get juicy back on board, uh, then they could actually achieve this getting Geordie out. Um, ideal situation is to send Sam home with an idol in her pocket. They just need someone from the old majority to flip. And so he's going to work on Josh and basically he offers him a final two deal essentially, uh, which is something that I think he does make a very good argument. And here's another great reason why the final two is so fascinating because he kind of makes this argument uh, about, well, are Mark and Sam going to bring you to the final two? I don't think so. Where, and even in final three situation, like it's like, I don't know that they would bring Josh. Now Josh has this great story about how he's found out that he's going to be a father and he has to provide for a, a new baby. And is that is that going to pull on the heartstrings of the jury? And he's got, mm-hmm. you know, Jordan on the jury potentially advocating for him. So I think, I think that Jordy's making a pretty good case to Josh here. And I mean, ultimately, it's kind of going to work.
0: Yeah, I mean, because even if it is Final Three, and even if they have been chit-chatting about it, we know they're going to bring Chrissy. At least that's my assumption. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to bring Chrissy over anybody else there. You're not going to bring Shea. You're not going to bring KJ, these people who had to fight their way back into the game. You're not going to bring a George Like, that's what makes the most sense. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it was the best argument.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Josh agrees with Jordy that Mark and Sam are unlikely to take him to the end. And the question is, does he want to make the dog move before they make the dog move? Which, oh, um, I God. love this. I love this dog move.
0: <laughs> I'm sick. I put it in my notes in big letters. Sick of Jordy saying he was dogged by Sammy. Get the fuck over it. Like I am so annoyed with this sentence. It has been said way too many times. I know I'm like just venting about it, but it genuinely annoys the shit out of me. Jesse was dogged, and then I was do- like get over it. You, like, get over it. <laughs> I, I appre-
2: you, uh. I, yeah, I appreciate the sentiment, but I do love saying dog move.
0: <laughs> like, we don't
2: really have that. I mean, like, I guess it makes sense. And maybe some people say it, but like, it's not something you hear here that often. And I know. I'm going to start saying it. There are so many
0: cute things that people say in this show, and that could have been a cute one, but Jordy is just being too extra with it. And I'm trying not to just constantly be down on Jordy because I did say earlier in this pod, not this episode, but in this season of podcasts, that I only disliked Jordy because he was coming for our favorites. But the more I'm watching Jordy, the more I'm just disliking Jordy. <laughs> I just don't like how he talks to the damn camera. But that yeah. aside, they do say cute stuff when they call people legends. Like, oh, yeah, he was a legend. A she was leg- a total legend. I love that. I think it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Now it's Juicy's turn to work on Josh because, of course, Juicy is working with the Purgatory 3 now. And he tells Josh the story of how tribal went down because of course josh wasn't there when jordan was voted out and he tells josh about sam's idol bluff and spins it as sam throwing jordan under the bus which is probably juicy dave's best move here we're seeing juicy dave become quite savvy and it's interesting because you remember a few episodes ago dave was telling everybody don't worry i've got a plan I'm,
0: I'm I know it. Not going to
2: reveal what it is. <laughs> uh, that that is my private information. But he's had a plan for weeks now, and hey, <laughs> so he might have actually,
0: actually had a plan. <laughs> we're
2: seeing a plan come
0: <laughs> <to> <laughs> form here,
2: and it's quite smart. Like I, I, I'm kind of impressed with Juicy. I think it was the right move. Somebody had to flip on that alliance. I think Juicy. Read the room right, uh, maybe with the help of the Purgatory Three, that he was on the bottom of that alliance. And uh, here here he is trying to flip the script, and he's doing it.
0: Yeah, go Juicy.
2: uh, Who knew Juicy was going to be the one to shake things up?
0: You know, I had a feeling ever since I saw... The posters that were all around Australia Mm. and promoting the show, it was always like Sandra, Sammy, and then Juicy in the background. I was like, why the fuck's Juicy here? (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) No, 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 no. It was
2: Sandra, Khan, and Juicy
0: Ah, in those promos.
2: And then it was like, okay, I I almost thought, see, I, I read too much into this because, well, Australian Survivor loves to spoil us and i was like now hang on a second so sandra's in the poster i was like okay sandra's gonna go far actually and khan well he's gonna go far and he's set up great he's got these great alliances he's got an idol yeah yeah. king khan and juicy in the background okay like what do we got here and it was like the game of thrones (laughs) right Uh, yeah so we had queen sandra king khan and uh, i don't know the jester dave and i was like (laughs) oh this is it this is the season final three baby But then Sandra goes out, Khan goes out, and I was like, okay, they were, like, focusing on the pre-merge story here. They're going to update these posters for the post-merge. But I haven't seen new posters. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but I just haven't seen them. And so here Juicy is, like, last man standing from those promos.
0: (laughs) Maybe he's the winner. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No. There was an article that Brianna just uh, Brianna Brianna just posted of why the world wants Juicy to win Survivor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like that. Uh, it's like that meme of you know why spiders are actually great, and someone's like, "Did a spider write this?"
0: Yes, Juicy, like, Juicy wrote up this, this? article. <laughs> and it was funny? I actually really really enjoyed Juicy as a human in the show. Like he's enjoyable to watch. But for whatever reason, just the way he's edited, it's not that I'm rooting for him. I don't feel like he has like a solid underdog story where I'm watching and I'm like, oh man, I know what's unlikely, but I want Juicy to win. The way I am with Chrissy, it's like, I know what's unlikely, but I would love Chrissy to win. I don't feel that with Juicy. I just really don't
2: it is interesting because i think that juicy hasn't really been given the screen screen time that he deserves given sort of the move that he made which is flipping the script on the majority alliance i think Mm -hmm. he deserves a lot more credit as a player and he was basically purpled for a large majority of the middle of that game i mean like after all the drama he caused around the idol in the beginning He was really purpled for a very, very, very long time. And then we saw him get into this men's alliance on the new red tribe and kind of just disappear after that as just one of the numbers who, I mean, we could sense that he wasn't at the top of that alliance, but we very rarely got insight from him on his place in the game. And I feel like that's a little bit of a disservice to the audience because he ends up making this game changing move.
0: Yeah. Now, can can you just kind of backpedaling, and maybe we'll just need to both go back and watch this. But I put in my notes that what was brought up by Jordy is that Mark and Sam would never take Josh to a final three. I swear that was the wording. Oh, yeah. Did you catch you might that? Be right.
2: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Okay, I, just like a throwaway thing, but I was like, oh, are they all also under the assumption it's Final 3 and not 2?
2: Well, I don't know that they're under the assumption. They might be because they know that it's 47 days, and I think they've got players like Sam there who know Survivor inside and out and would yeah. get that that's a shorter amount of time than usual uh, given that you know they've probably ordered the same number of episodes, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's people who would understand the mechanics of that out there, and so they've probably been chatting about it but mm-hmm. i also think on the flip side you do talk about final three because it's less so for in josh's case it's less so about getting to that the final three as a final tribal council but it's getting to that final immunity challenge where he can win a spot because he is kind of a challenge beast
0: oh that I got you, he could I got get you, a I spot
2: versus like a mark you know what i mean Ye-
0: Yeah. You know what's funny to me? Do do they believe
2: that that they would let Josh get to the final immunity challenge? I think is the question. Got you.
0: My mind and my assumption of Sandra's power, I literally, the second I heard it was 47 days instead of the usual... I was like, oh, it's because Sandra wanted it shorter to agree to go. <laughs> it just sounded more tempting, like, oh, I guess I could do 47. All yeah, right, I'm fine, not I'm not, I'm not
2: doing 49, <laughs> but I'll do 47. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Sandra just wanted a free vacation and a big fat paycheck.
0: I know it. I want to know what that paycheck was, girl. <laughs> Nina texts me. I wanna know. I want to know.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, one last thing here before we go to Tribal, is that Mark is confident, a little overconfident, that Juicy's is going to vote with the old majority against uh, Jordy. And they've decided, Sam and Mark have decided to put both idols in Mark's bag tonight. They're going to bring them to Tribal, unlike last week, but they're putting them in Mark's bag where they're going to be safe because Mark's wearing a necklace tonight. And I just think it's interesting here that we see Sam and Mark talking about where Juicy's falling and we see Sam really prodding Mark. Like, so why do you believe that Juicy's voting with us? Uh, Did you have an explicit conversation with him? And Mark's kind of like, well, no, no. But I I just like, based on all the conversations that I've had, I'm confident that Juicy's with us. Of course, we know Juicy's not with them. And so it's not the best moment for Mark here. uh, And I... I'm wondering why he didn't go to juicy and clear this up because it was just, you know, earlier that day or the, or the night before that Mark was telling him there's going to be consequences. There's going to be consequences. And so I'm just wondering where exactly Mark started to believe that juicy's still on the Mark and Sam train, because I think it's very clear to anybody else that he's
0: not. I'm, I honestly, I put so many like question marks in my notes because I'm confused about this entire thing. What's acting um, on behalf of either the jury or for the um, purgatory returnees, like the Purgatory Alliance, and what's just like something being missed from the edit? Because mm-hmm. we get them saying, oh, I don't think Juicy is fully in with those three but then we get to tribal council and mark distinctly says it's four verse four tonight for this vote Mm -hmm. and i'm like wait what and then two seconds later sam says i don't think juicy's with us and i was like but you just said out loud that juicy wasn't with you so what am i missing here am i missing what's acting what's not acting or How does this actually make sense with Mark, like very clearly, staying? It's four versus four tonight, and we'll see who wins. So I
2: think that the way I would read that, or the way I would answer that, is that Mark is saying it's four v four. To give comfort to the Purgatory Three that they have Juicy as a number, but in the back of his mind, he knows, oh, Juicy's actually voting with us. So it's not a huge, it's not going to be a huge blindside on Geordie, but we're going to catch him off guard just in case. I mean, you never know what's out there as an advantage that could be played or something like that. So uh, that's how I would read it. But what is missing from this edit is that Sam, according to her jury villa, And according to what we've heard outside of the game, knew that she was going home that night or had a pretty strong feeling and that they had planned that that putting the two idols in Mark's bag, bringing them to tribal, that they were never going to play them and that they wanted to execute this plan that we talked about, about leaving a loved one in the game with the power of two idols remaining to lower the threat level of the remaining player to not be of a pair the last pair standing and to give them that protection they need to get through at least two more votes should they be the target and so uh, like you know it's easy to say that it's easy for sam to say that on instagram months after the fact but the fact that it shows up in her jury villa episode where it's literally she's in the car on the way home saying you know i knew we were going to go home we had this conversation i knew i was going to go home we had this conversation that mark was going to be staying in the game with the two idols blah 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 it's like why didn't we see that and so why are we seeing this again this this faux paranoia from sam at tribal where she's going oh no juicy's not with us and all of this when th- this was a plan that they had all along and, and when did this plan start did they know this back at camp when they were talking about whether juicy was on board or not uh, it's just uh, did they know josh was potentially going to flip they something gave sam the inkling that she was going home that night but we did not see
0: that uh well you know when we have sam to interview at some point hopefully soon then we can ask her her intentions and her understanding of exactly how that day was going to go down Mm -hmm. regardless of how the jury interactions molded the vote whether they did or did not Her interpretation of was she going home, I would love to have her view on it from, you know, before Tribal Council took place.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to hear what Sam has to say after this whole thing is done, because I feel like there's nobody in the game who has had a better read on the game. I mean... I know that sounds stupid because Sam is not in the game anymore. She's been voted out, but I still think she has the best read of what's going on. And if it's true that she knew she was going home, then that there's my point that she made this decision that she would sacrifice herself for Mark's game. And uh, very curious to hear more about that. But getting a little ahead of ourselves, let's just talk uh, about how the tribal went down, because there's some shady things going on here. Uh, Dave is rehashing Sam's performance at the previous tribal tipping Sam, Mark and Josh off that Dave is not going to be voting with Jordy tonight. And that's where we get this interesting dynamic of Chrissy whispering between Dave and Josh being like the liaison between the two of them. (laughs) And Chrissy whispers to Dave asking if they're voting for Josh. He says, no, that the purgatory three are not voting for Josh and He says, now's their chance. I presume this means to send Sam home. Then Josh is having Chrissy communicate to Dave uh, whether he'd rather take Sam out or simply flush her idol. So do you actually want her to go home or do you want her to play her idol? Like, what are you looking to do here? Because I guess what they're asking is, You know, we we could continue working as the majority alliance, but if we're really worried about this idol, we can make Sam play her idol and Jordy will still go home, right? So she's Uh basically checking with Dave. Is that what you want to do? Or do you actually want Sam to go home? And he tells her he wants to take her out. Chrissy then relays this back to Josh. And then Josh tells Mark that Dave said he's a 100% with the old majority, He doesn't believe him now where did that come from josh is this something that you know because it's not it's not what dave said and so is this something that the editing has cut out what the conversations actually were or did josh just make up a porky pie to tell
0: i think i think he made this up just to encourage um the idol to continue to be played or be an option in sam's mind i like i think He was. I think Josh was really on top of what he was doing. He wanted to vote and make sure that he was in a safe space if Sam was or was not in the game with the Purgatory um, Alliance, that he Mm -hmm. could join them if he wanted to, or if not, then he could at least say, you know, hey, that was fair. You did have an idol that you didn't tell us about. You lied about it. It's gone now. We can still continue forward, you know, we both get a free pass. I think he was doing the best thing. But if he if he distinctly said, I think Dave is with us 100 percent then why would she play the idol? Now we're just yeah. wasting we're wasting everything. And he didn't want Sam to go home, we see in his confessional. Like we see him say, I don't want you to go home, but if you do, blah blah blah, the idol, shady business. Josh it, Josh actually is a pretty kick-ass player, at least in this episode or this um uh, two episodes I'm, I'm pretty proud of him since I don't feel like we're getting a lot of actual substance from him of gameplay we're just being told he's playing the game well and I yeah. hate that I hate being told someone's doing well show me they're doing well yeah
2: the other thing that this does I think for Josh is that by framing it in the way that he does to Sam and Mark which isn't necessarily the way that Dave told Chrissy and it, you could read it as a broken game of telephone or a game of broken telephone, whatever that is. Uh, Uh. (laughs) But I think that Josh is quite savvy here because the way that he says this, which is not exactly the way that Dave put it, I think it throws shade onto Dave and it makes Dave seem untrustworthy in the short term to those who are left in the game. Yeah. Like it makes, so if Mark is left in the game, it makes Mark trust Dave even less. And there's one less ally for Mark to work with moving forward. Gotcha, yeah. So I thought that that was quite clever. But now here's where things really go off the rails because Chrissy clocks that Jordan is making eyes at Sam and she points this out to Josh. And what Jordan is doing from the jury where they should be sitting on their hands and minding their own business is he is doing this double take uh, towards Sam. Essentially, I mean, he's doing one of two things or he's doing them both together which is he's doing this two times to- he looks at her two times which could either signal two idols or i'll or vote her the fuck out
0: yes either way he's communicating which is bullshit in this game it is bullshit i hate it i hate it the jury needs to get their shit together i think there needs to be respect for the game and i do not agree with jordan's behavior like i think it's trash yeah
2: i agree i really i really 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 hate this and i hate that it gets brought into the game although i did love seeing chrissy's reenactment of it when she's telling josh that jordan i love that i'm like girl
0: just say he's saying something not like hey for everybody to see (laughs) he's going like this turn around and look at my face
2: (laughs) once again though hey chrissy's Right, right in the middle of all the action here. And, and she's, she's paying reading the room. She's the reading jury. the That's jury. Huge. She's she's communicating with Dave. She's passing notes back and forth in class. Like, I love this.
0: She's very bold. Like, she's doing very well. And I, I I won't speak for everyone, but I just, I know that when I was sitting, I'm so stressed out about paying attention to the people that are still in the game while I'm at Tribal. It's actually really hard to pay attention to all the nuances and the small movements of the jury the only time i would look over at them is when they were actively talking and getting in trouble with jeff for speaking i wasn't looking at their body language because you're too str. i am too stressed out so for chrissy to have such awareness about her i i'm so i really every week i'm more and more impressed with her we love you chrissy i'm more and more impressed with her that's huge yeah
2: and it's giving me the vibe of like I don't know. Early on, it felt like Chrissy didn't care. She was here for Croc, and yeah. she was just going to enjoy her time in the sand, which she hates. And, then, <laughs> you know, just get another experience under her belt. But at this point, shes it's giving the vibe of, like, I've been here for 40 fucking days, and if I don't leave with $500,000, then what am I doing here?
0: I know. <laughs>
2: like, she came to play all of a sudden.
0: And she seems to be one of the best at understanding and noticing the jury, which... To me, all that matters in the game, I I honestly don't think 90% of what gets you to the final two, final three matters, as long as you understand what the jury is feeling, the vibes of the jury, and how you can sway the jury. And if you have the understanding of jury management and seeing how they're feeling, then you can win this damn game. And she Mm -hmm. seems to really get that, like, better than anything else in this game, like, noticing them. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it.
2: And it's also, like, no, I don't know if she's thinking about this, but it's noticing that Jordan has a beef with Sam, and he's pointing something out. Jesse obviously felt the same way earlier on. And, hey, if you can play to what the jury wants, if you can give the jury what they want, which is an epic blindside of Sam, then, you know... You might cop some votes in the end to win.
0: Yep, yep.
2: So anyways, it's time to vote. Here's where, once again, the Sam and Mark decision gets even more confused for me because in private, in the voting booth, Mark's confessional, he says that he believes that Dave is voting with them against Jordy. So mm, I just don't know what to make of it. (laughs) Uh, Of course, after the vote, Josh whispers to Mark, to play his idol for Sam of course Josh voted for Sam so interesting play here he really wanted to flush the idol but keep his allies and I think he could get away with it I think if it had worked if it, if Sam had played the idol and she had stayed I think Josh could get back in their good graces very very easily by saying look the idol is just too much all this talk of a second idol let's just get rid of Mark's idol and we can start fresh from here and make it to the end I, th- I think it's not a bad idea but Mark just won't do it. And it's great. Like you, you hear Sam say to him, well, why are you saying that? And Josh doesn't quite go as far. He doesn't go as far as he needs to go. He doesn't say, well, look, because I voted for you. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, play the idol. So well, anyways, you know,
0: with Mark saying that he thinks Dave, I, I could see a world where they, they know Sam's going home in a revote but they still feel like mm. they have a good read on where the votes are gonna go. Mm. Because there's no revote where Sam doesn't go home, in my opinion. But yeah. you could at least be like, hey, I have a good read on this. I know, you know, Juicy is gonna vote with us, but it's not gonna matter because Sam's gonna go home. Like I could see that. But I guess maybe their one potential bad read if they were in the know about Sam going home or savvy enough to it, is that they actually thought they had Juicy.
2: But if Juicy's with them, then there's no revote.
0: Wouldn't it just be 4-4? Four, four?
2: Wait. Two, no, it would be 5-3. Five. Five, um,
0: well shit. Fuck I don't know.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of questions. I <laughs> got a lot of questions. But here we are. They did not play the idol. And Sam is voted out. 5-3. Josh flipped. There we are. Uh-huh.
0: The
2: tribe is sent back to to camp and Jonathan turns to the jury. We get a great moment here. We don't often get where he says, did you enjoy that? And Jesse says, that
0: was epic. So sad.
2: The story does not end there because I think we need to talk about Sam's jury villa.
0: (laughs) Yes. And this is our first time, like where the jury villa actually plays into it. I,
2: I mean, yeah. I don't know. This is my first jury Villa I've watched.
0: You <laughs> so. haven't watched them? <laughs> I've never watched the jury Villa before. Oh, okay.
2: So this was very fascinating to me because I didn't know how all of this works. I mean, I'm used to watching Ponderosa in the U.S. So it's a little bit different because we see Sam immediately get into a car and phone her mom and tell her everything that happened in the game.
0: I know. Wow. I love her family laughing at her move of taking the idol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: so that was, that was fun to watch, but wow, where it gets even juicier than Dave is at the <laughs> dinner back at the Jury Villa, where Sam, Sam has this, uh, this, this physical behavior she does when she's uncomfortable. I've noticed it at Tribal, I've noticed it in conversations, where she puts her hand under her chin, like her fist under her chin.
0: Uh-huh. Have and you noticed t- like, this? Do you notice? Know and tilt t- 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 her about? head side to side like it's
2: looking back and forth. a little bit a little bit like a and you can see you can of her little bit of a it's just of a body language of a does and it's a little bit a little bit uncomfortable a little bit a little bit of a little Wow, of a little to of a little bit of a it's bit of a little bit of a little bit But it's so frosty Jesse won't make eye contact with her and but then she turns on Jordan and basically reams him out for communicating something from the jury where she's like you're not supposed to do that you're just you broke the rules (laughs) you know and I'm glad that somebody says that because it is fucked up and she's kind of like you know we're playing a game here and there are rules that we are supposed to abide by that of course the producers do not adhere to. But I wish that the players would because I'm playing within the confines of this game and I wish that other people would too. But uh, Jordan yeah. just pretends like, you know, when you you get caught doing something bad as a kid and you know you've done something bad, you know the other person knows you've done something bad, but you just pretend like you haven't. He's like, I don't do anything. What are you talking about?
0: It's so frustrating Ah, <laughs> oh, like even if she knew, actually, I honestly think this could benefit her in the future, and we'll see. We'll see how well she's able to reincorporate herself into Con's life and to the twins, and especially to Jesse. If she's uh, based on her social media, her and Jesse seem to be very friendly. They seem to be very tight. I haven't seen anything about her and Jordy, but her and Jesse seem to have a friendship, which is really sweet to see. Now, if she's able to incorporate. The fact that, like, look at the cousins. Look what Jordan did. Even if she knew she was leaving the game. She'd be like, look how sore a loser they are. Look at him fucking up my game and ruining my game for me and affecting the votes and breaking the rules. She could use this to her advantage to be like, look at the people I was playing with. I had to work my ass off to navigate these people and really maybe get Mark some more votes or some more leniency. Mm -hmm. I think this could really, really benefit her, the fact that she's calling out him breaking the actual rules of the game.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it will be very, very interesting. But we do get a scene after, to your point, of her kind of reconciling with Jesse, making those early steps of sort of Coming to terms with what happened in the game and leaving that in the game and continuing on. I mean, like you say, we see on social media that Jesse and Sam are very close and constantly together. And Jesse's been a big supporter of Sam throughout the awful, misogynistic, disgusting reaction that the Australian viewing public has had towards Sam's actions in the game, which have been purely strategic, not personal Um, So it's been nice to see Jesse support her, even though sort of like all of that negativity is coming from a move that was made against him. I think it shows that he is a big man and a good sport. So, yeah, yeah, I'm happy to see them back on good terms. I hope it helps
0: in the long run. I I kind of view um, Jesse and Jordy as KJ and Sophie And I feel like we just got a lot clearer Mm -hmm. of a picture that KJ understood that the actions of Sophie were not really going to be tolerated and she had to distance herself. And where it just seems like it's taking a little bit longer with Jesse because of his bitterness, clearly with his facial expressions at the last few tribals that Sam was a part of, he still couldn't see. He had like these blinders on for how his brother was acting in the game and he just wanted to be bitter too and he was pretty bit pissed off and i I feel like he let down those blinders a little bit at the villa but if he had paid more attention sooner sam's game could have gone very differently if he had just gone into the villa being like dang my brother was doing this and i got targeted because of my brother if he had been more aware of that shit and then also been like, oh, dang, and she played this big move against me? That's impressive. But instead, he made everyone bitter towards Sam in the jury and that would join the jury. And it ruined Sam's game because he wasn't able to take it. And so, yes, that's fine and great that they're friends now and that he has her back now. But it's a little too late for her mm-hmm. game. And that's that's the bummer because she played a phenomenal game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, what do we think about the chances moving forward of everybody left in the game? I mean, Mark's got oh these God. two idols, but we also have sort of a new majority. Is Josh going to continue working with the P- Purgatory Alliance? I think he set himself up nicely to be in the middle of two different alliances at this point. I think he can. I think he can get back into Mark's good graces if he works it in the right way where is Chrissy gonna fall in all of this it's it's hard to say I think Chrissy and Josh have actually been quite close allies despite us not really seeing that I think uh, especially in these past couple of episodes that's become clear and the way that she was liaising with Josh between Dave I think uh, I think wherever Josh goes Chrissy is going to follow but what yeah. are they going to do just join the Purgatory Alliance and then it's just one person on the outside. They're all going to have to turn on each other at some point.
0: I could see those two joining with two of the Purgatory Alliance. I could see a final four of Chrissy, Josh, KJ, and Shay. I could see would
2: that. I would love that.
0: I would love that. And I, I could see them making the argument of like, look at the four of us. We're kind of on the out. We've never really been the strongest, even though Josh has been very strong. But they could make the argument of, oh, look at Juicy pulling off all these moves. Look at Jordy doing all this shit. Let's get those two out. Who else is that leaving? Who's that? Are they at seven right now or six? Well, where's Mark in all of this? Oh, yeah, Mark. Mark's going to to screw to up
2: royally to not be in that. <laughs> well, the no, final I mean, if five, he uses.
0: Now, can you correct me on this or give me clarity? they are at the final seven. Can he use the idol at final five to get into the final four? Or does it have to be used to get into the final five? Now Xander in my season, he could use it to get into the final four. I believe he can get, use it to get into the final four. Okay, so now there are two paths to this. So I think that final four could totally be the final four with Mark being the fifth. If he either wins one immunity Or if he is brave, what's what's the episode called? Balls of Seal. If he chooses not to use his idol tonight or tomorrow um, and just like save it one tribal council to guarantee himself to final five or final four. I don't know. I don't really know how the rules work. Yeah.
2: If I'm Mark at this point, I am playing the idol. If I don't win immunity, I am playing the idol at the next tribal. Hanging on to that last idol for hopefully the last time that you can use it. But, yeah, I do think he has to win immunity in the next yeah. th- some at some point within the next three rounds to get there because yeah. but he's I could see him being such final a clear. Five. Threat.
0: I really could see him being final five because even though he is a big threat, Sam took the brunt of the threat level. Sam was the one that everyone was gunning for. He might, and he has, I honestly think, the best relationships of anyone there other than Chrissy. I know, but I think that's
2: the problem for him. I think at this point, now that we're at the pointy end of the game, (laughs) those relationships are going to become a liability for him because he is too well-respected to take to the final.
0: You know what I love? We always film this, or we always record this right after the episodes. I love that right when we hang out from this, I get to watch this week's first episode. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so know, i'll know to, in about an hour i'll be like "Oh,
2: hey people who are listening to this already know the answers to these questions and i know they're it. probably like these guys are so out to fucking lunch that i should have just <laughs> not released an episode for week eight
0: uh, so. sam deserved the episode she deserved made It may be late but sam she deserved, deserved episode. this episode
2: Hey, this might be a good time to say Sam has been a huge supporter of Drop Your Buffs, and she has become. I don't want to get too hyperbolic here, but I think she has become a friend to Ricard and I. She has sort of DM'd us live throughout her listening of the recaps, just commentating on our commentation commentary, <laughs> commenting on our commentary. Uh, throughout the game and it's been uh, very 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 fun to get to know Sam and we have a big announcement which Ricard already spilled a little bit earlier that Mm -hmm. (laughs) we are going to be having a conversation with Sam on this podcast in the coming days about her game uh, in this season and all of the things that we did not see and I cannot wait to have that conversation and so you will get that in your podcast feeds very, very soon uh, in the next few days, hopefully. So I cannot wait to talk to Sam.
0: I'm so excited. I mean, I, it's going to be weird for me. I've, I've personally never interviewed someone.
1: Now, that is I, true.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be pretty exciting. I, yeah. I feel like I know her. And so I know it'll just be a very fun, casual conversation, getting all the tea. but. It's it, it is a little bit stressful for me because you you've interviewed some big people you have interviewed all the greats and I've only had casual conversations with all of those same greats I would be intimidated to ask them about their game. <laughs>
2: I think you'll do just fine. I'll coach yeah. you through it. We'll go do some practice rounds or something.
0: Perfect. Okay. FaceTime. <laughs> we do have one more thing that pertains to a oh, current my player.
2: I almost forgot. We have a voice memo. We have a voice memo from somebody who's iconic, who we haven't shut up about for two hours.
0: I know. So we got, I got for once, everybody's scared to message me. They always message your ass. I got a voice memo from Chrissy. We have another
2: iconic voice memo from Chrissy. Let's play that now.
1: What is up? Drop me buffs. What's happening? Oh, that's the best. You guys are amazing. Someone put on my Insta to have a listen because you guys were talking some smack about me. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, in that first challenge, man, I was so shit. I nearly died, like defib died. Yeah, I'm loving it now because I'm competitive, so it's so good. Ah, too funny. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for noticing that I am not the worst in the team at the moment. <laughs> I'm not winning any of the necklaces, though. That sucks. Um, yes, Joker, I don't understand why he didn't take me. I definitely would have maybe listened. I definitely wouldn't have. it's probably a good choice not for him to take me. What is that perjudicory? I, I still literally cannot say it. What, why not just call it, you were shit? You're gonna go somewhere else for a while, you might get back in. I need to also say thank you for the hair feedback. No, I got so grey, because I mean, these are the important things about survivor hair and makeup. I got so grey that when my hair was up, you couldn't see them with my buff headband thing on. So the time that I wore it down, everyone got to see how bleached it was from the sun. Wow. Thank you, glowing up. Love it um what else you guys are so good i listened to a podcast uh after you guys a couple of weeks ago i'm not going to mention their names it starts with an S. they were so savage and mean they're so dumb compared to you you guys are way better all right talk soon
2: <laughs> oh my god this is the most iconic voicemail i've ever gotten i think i said that after the first chrissy voicemail but this is exceeded all expectations
0: it's so good i love that she'll say something and then like react to herself oh yeah she's having a conversation <laughs> with herself
2: it's uh, so okay
0: good. a couple
2: things to take away from this one actually i really only have one big takeaway <laughs> and it is that purgatory henceforth shall be known as you were shit <laughs>
0: I love it. So the you were shit alliance of three. Yeah. <laughs> Someone
2: from the you were shit alliance is gonna win. God, I hope not.
0: <laughs> uh, this was great. D fib died. D fib died. died. I'm using best that. quote. I, that's right. gonna be on my Twitter. <laughs> I
2: feel sorry for whoever this S podcast is. <laughs> Luckily, a lot of Survivor podcasts start with the word S, letter S, so uh, we will never know for sure who she's talking about, but boy, I do not want to be on... Hey, who told Chrissy we were talking smack about her? I don't know, because we haven't been. And maybe smack talk in Australia is just like banter. Banter. I mean... We do banter about her.
0: (laughs) Order. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Welcome. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, whatever. hey, I'm glad she listened and she enjoyed it. And yes, the hair is looking fantastic. I see no gray. I see not a fleck of gray, Christy. So keep doing I it. I didn't all. You're doing.
0: glow up. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> God, Drop she's your so buffs. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: iconic she needs to be given her own show oh my god what hey
0: she's gonna be the host of american
2: (laughs) she should be the host of something she should host jury villa because hey after that jury villa i'm like there's a show here that is juicier than any housewives i've ever seen so oh
0: absolutely yeah
2: it's good maybe they need a host
0: too or she could like host the bachelor or
2: something that would be fun
0: she could be the new, like, Nick Lachey, Vanessa Lachey on Netflix.
2: <laughs> Just give her anything. I will watch her do anything at all. <laughs> speaking oh. of speaking of hosts, one last thing before we go. This oh photo of Jonathan and Jeff Probst that has been posted all over social media. It was... People tried very hard. People (laughs) tried very hard to debunk it, as Jonathan said, that it was a deep fake. But it turns out not to be because Jonathan... So, well, it was CGI because they... (laughs) took a picture in a shitty parking lot together and then photoshopped a background of palm trees. It was like so clear because like Jonathan's holding the phone, taking a selfie from above sort of like in the MySpace style of selfies. Oh yes. Old school. And yet the angle of the palm trees was like down looking up. So it's like (laughs) that something wasn't right with the perspective. And then in response to all of the comments about how it was fake, Jonathan posted the real photo, another photo, but a real one from a parking lot in L.A. He is trolling the internet by putting uh, an American versus Australian flag in the oh, comments. And it's like, God. I need to know, what, like, why are they together? Why were they I, together?
0: Well, I mean, now, I don't know if they're just trying to fuck with us, but Jonathan, like... His brother acts in the United States. He has acted in the United States. Like, he has lived in California. I've looked him up because I I want us to be together. But, like, (laughs) so, I mean, it's very normal for him to be here. But the fact that they're, like, hyping up this photo unnecessarily, I don't understand. (laughs) It's fine if he's there, but why is he with Jeff Probst?
2: I know know Jeff Probst talks about running into people on the street all the time. They're always talking to him about Survivor. But I don't think you actually run into Jeff Probst on the street. Uh, Lydia did. That's how she got on the show. Well, that's a different story. She ran into him at a party in Cannes, so.
0: I know. Let's be real.
2: Uh, (laughs) Wow. Okay. We'll we'll see what comes of this. Australian versus U.S. season? Oh,
0: my God. Please, I would die. I would
2: die. If only we knew a U.S. player who would want to play against Australians.
0: If we'll only. <laughs> Sandra. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> you know, Jeff was probably so pissed off that he didn't get Nina. That oh. he was like, this is it. We're doing an international season.
0: I could see it. I mean, he had the opportunity. They turned down Nina. Well, so. we don't
2: know that they turned down Nina, do we? Because no, we do know. We do know. Because, well, because she was the in the story
1: running. Hmm.
2: The story I heard from Sandra on an interview, no, I didn't hear it personally, in an interview, was that she and her daughter, a named daughter, were in contention to play on Blood vs. Water US. Now, the Blood versus Water US, which was the first Blood versus Water, was like season oh, whatever, mid-20s, right? Nina would have been too young. Sandra has an older daughter who could have been in the running for that. Nina would have been mm. like 16. Jeff has wanted a child on this show for so many years. <laughs> he has. I mean, they tried to get Siri's son on David vs. Goliath. Uh, he, was, uh, he dropped out at the very last minute. I think he was on the island. Um,
0: yeah, he was switched with uh, Davy. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Well, Wild. we shall see. We shall see. I'm just speculating. Okay, it's been long enough. Let's wrap this up. It's been a fun week. We are going to be back. Very shortly to talk about the week that we're <laughs> right in the middle of. So, got lots more Australian Survivor to talk. Of course, Evan Ross Katz and I are recapping season 42 of US Survivor. So, make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss that. We will be bringing you an interview with Sam Gash in the coming days. So, look out for that. It's going to be very, very fun. And Evan Ross Katz and I are going to be interviewing a genuine legend of survivor i think the biggest name we've interviewed yet and we've interviewed some big names i'm nervous that's coming up in a couple of weeks so again subscribe 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 tell your friends about us share this podcast there's lots of fun stuff to come thank you so much for listening bye bye